ain't no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie as the decade he knew best gave up the ghost. The world became different. The world became wary. The world became frightened. But one man stood against everything, and he wielded his discontent like a flashlight, leading us through that digital dark into tomorrow's bright morning. That man was Sean Majors, and Cold Dog Soup proudly presents Sean's Bitch of oh, the I know this is an early update for the June bitch, but I wanted to type this before I forgot. This really isn't a bitch, but oh well. You'll survive. Sunday night, I'm bored as ever. And rather than study for my chemistry exam, in hindsight, I probably should have, I opt to go on the computer instead. I ran out of places to go on the internet, so I go to my good old friend Chris's homepage, read his rant on what punk rock means to him. It's pretty good. I suggest you check it out. But I digress. He came to the conclusion that punk rock nowadays is basically summed up in six words. Fuck you. This is for me. Now that you're done counting, if that indeed was six words, I'll continue. So during my Chem 1 exam, that kept popping in my mind. Fuck you. This is for me. Rather than what is a freezing point depression. By the way, thanks a lot, Chris. So I get past the last four of my exams and rush over to Warehouse Music at 11 a.m. this morning to pick up the new Eminem album. Trip I've been planning for about a week and a half now. I get it, rush home and listen to it. I knew that it was Eminem, so I was prepared for the freedom of speech to be stretched to its limit. About the third time I had listened to the entire CD, it hit me. It's really a great artist. What a great artist he is. Hear me through. Don't interrupt. I know. I know. Being an Eminem fan has been something to make fun of. And, uh, his music has been kind of a guilty pleasure. But I really like this. He writes his own stuff. And, and I know it's going to sound stupid, but, but he keeps it real. He really doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. While his music may not be punk rock, he himself is the true embodiment of it. Please check out my review of the Marshall Mathers LP in the future if it's not up already. It's a great CD with songs like Kim, Real Slim Shady, Criminal, Marshall Mathers. Screw it! All the songs are good, even the skits. Fuck you. This is for him. This bitch of the month is mine. But the original was ripped from the book of Chris. Be cool. Don't tell him. <laughs> 
the man with the golden ear, the hit maker, the king <laughs> maker, Sean Majors, going way out on a limb on this one, letting us know that little-known white rapper from Detroit, Eminem, is actually very talented, folks. Did not know we were in the presence of the man with the golden ear. <laughs> Look, I... Sean, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> um, we, we talked about this briefly, but... So I still maintain, and Creel can back me up, but in 2000, liking Eminem was not a thing to be proud of at our high school. I don't feel that at all. Nowhere else. You were some weird anomaly because he was a massive success at this point. Like amongst, like my friend, uh, my, my, my friend listened to it all the time in her car and... I was like, oh, yeah, I really like this, but I wouldn't, like, admit to anybody else that I liked Eminem. Definitely not during the Slim Shady LP days. And this was right before the day that the Marshall Mathers LP came out. So, I mean, this was before the days of Taylor Swift, you know, releasing six singles before her you can buy her album. Right. You know? So, you know, I, I just wanted to... Build off, take some momentum on what my buddy Chris uh, had. And, We're going to uh, get to all that. And, but uh, did you not, you, you, you leave school to go get this record early. But didn't you run into two other people buying this record from your school the same day? It was uh, Jeff B. and Gavin D., our good friend, Gavin D. Also a rapper, Gavin D. Uh-huh. Um so that's at least two people that you ran into who left school early to get this record that leads me to believe that there was at least some interest in your school. Well, I and I distinctly being remembered, like, kind of saying, yeah, I'm here for the Marshall Mathers LP. And they're like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and it, so this came out, Marshall Mathers LP came out May 23rd, 2000, which means I... I definitely was not skipping school, which is what I initially thought this would have been like before or after exams. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. But you were in the record store very early to, I have to cop, say, as the kids used to say. For sure, for sure. I have to say I'm very nervous that Creel hasn't spoken yet. It, it's mm-hmm. making me really, oh, it makes me like, very it, happy uh, um, because I'm, he mentioned in the production meeting there was something he was saving for the air, which makes I'm me very, just, very happy. So this yeah. particular oh. bitch of the month. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Comes from. Uh, you read a passage on your friend Chris's page. Let's let, um, let's hit reset. Let's hit reset. What what is this from, Hankins? What is what from this terrible thing oh, that we read? Uh, yes. <laughs> where, where did you find it? In high school, I had a website. Uh-huh. If you listened to the previous episode, um, it, it, the website called the Promised Land. Links are up on our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-T-F. And it, on that website, there was a section called Bitch of the Month, mm-hmm. which was a monthly, previously weekly, area where I could complain about something that was really sticking in my craw. And this month, June of 2000, a full month after I bought it, Marshall Mathers LP I decided to sing the praises of a 
artist who I didn't think was getting the respect and admiration <laughs> that he deserved. But he he did soon after because he exploded. He was anywhere and everywhere. Oh, it was huge. It's huge. But you were in on the ground floor, which I think maybe ground this floor. was that was me. You wanted to let people know that you were in when it began. You weren't a bandwagon fan. Like you were there for the underground stuff. Mm-mm. You knew this was coming out. None of that's I accurate. Def- I, this was this a, a major label release. I, this was a follow-up album to a record um, that had swept the country. It was a major mm-hmm. release from Dr. Dre's prodigy. <laughs> I will say maybe I, I forget if it was Slim Shady LP or Marshall Mathers that got me to go back and consume every like underground tape that I could find of Eminem. Um, but I remember, you know, every like random thing you could find on Napster with him, like rapping with Royce, the five nine to like the like wild, wild west track. Um, he had some song called kids that had some guy doing a Mr. Mackey impression from South Park. Um, I got my friend uh, Pete, who now works for the Trump administration, to burn me a copy of Infinite, which I think was like his, the CD that he sold out of the trunk of his car mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. Eminem did. I'd like to say that one year prior, in 1999, the peak position mm-hmm. of the Slim Shady LP, the underground disc <laughs> that Sean... Uh, this underground rapper puts out the previous record to this record that we're talking about, the Marshall Mathers LP. It was on the charts for 93 weeks and peaked at number one. <laughs> you know what? I quote Sean, I quote Sweet Little Shawnee Baby 18 years ago when I say, fuck you, this is Marshall funny. Mathers LP. 66 Six weeks words. on the charts peaked at number one we are talking about the two record running number one artist in the country that sean majors decided he needed to let us know that his guilty pleasure had transcended from Major. guilty pleasure <laughs> a, y- a young man who made the world stand up and recognize the existence of dido yes that's true he made dido Brought back that, Devin Sawa in the stand video. Shout out to Devin Sawa. R.I.P. And He's not dead. He's actually very good on Twitter. <laughs> good, good, good Twitter follow, Devin Sawa. An artist in Eminem whose worst position on the charts. His, his, his record, the worst any record Eminem has ever done. God, probably relapse, right? Was um, Curtain Call. Which was mm. a greatest hits record. It reached yeah. number two and stayed on the charts for 115 weeks. And one might almost say it's because I gave him the, <laughs> attention, uh, the attention that he needed to thrive on the promised land. So, so that is sort of the, the, that's the big takeaway from this. That Sean Majors thought that Eminem uh, might make it one day. Going against it the is, grain. It, let, me, let me explain. It. I call I think I called it a guilty pleasure if memory serves yes. because he had videos like you know will the real Slim Shady please stand up which I think was the lead single off of Marshall absolutely Mathers, with like Kathy Griffin is in there 
Um, you know, the My Name Is video, he's dressed mm-hmm. up like Marilyn Manson. Buzzworthy. Dope it was a video. buzzworthy video. It's, it was a very buzzworthy video. And, you know, it, it wasn't the type of music that you bragged about listening to. You bragged about you, Blink-182, you, you bragged about Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask radio. is, what would, what would make you... Uh, seem cool like talking about music in high school it, it wasn't this was is was it because it was too pop or because it was rap and rap really wasn't uh, i think i think I, there was still i i think rap a, a, a little part of that and i mean our high school was like 95 percent white just true. like eminem and <laughs> true and we at least in my circle of friends and the school at large, didn't really listen to that much rap uh, until like we got into like senior year or something like that. And it's Eminem being a white rapper. There was also still that stigma there, I think. Um, and I don't know. It was just a bunch of, I mean, it was, it was, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. That was it. That was it. So, so if I'm hearing you right, get off my back, get say... off my back. You are a trailblazer. You were Rosa Parks on the bus, not giving up your seat. I'm not. I'm In not, fact, that bus was going straight to CD Warehouse, and you were not getting off of it, so you I'm, got your CD. I'm not. That's calling, what you wanted it to be known. I'm not calling myself. It. I'm not I calling myself a trailblazer. I'm just saying that's mm-hmm. why I described it as a guilty pleasure because I was embarrassed to sing from the mountaintops that mm. I. But you just now. said that Blink 182 was dope as hell. How is there a penny's worth of difference between those two acts at that time? Um, Blink-182. Ask the white kids who went to I, I am. I'm asking one of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> because Blink-182 plays real instruments, man. No, I get it. Blink-182 had, had jokey, mm-hmm. stupid mm-hmm. videos as well. Referenced uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in their lyrics. Um, they named an entire album "Take Your uh-huh. Pants Off and Jacket." Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm right. not arguing with you. I'm te- I'm sh- I'm telling you the I'm explaining to you the motivations why I did this. I'm not defending. I feel like it, you're okay? defending. I'm it. saying now. I feel like you're proud of it. What the fuck did I do this <laughs> podcast? You know, I think this is why. I'm on <laughs> it did not start to this podcast. So. <laughs> we we just rec- we just recorded "Throw the Flag," our college football podcast, and no chest pain, no chest pains. I was fine. I was fine. Well, I think now, it's the, this the analysis on you when the the lights are turned on you, you clam up, man. You start sweating. I wither under that your... spotlight, man. Yeah. Mm. So Why this particular bitch of the month um, was sort of a. I'm not going to call it a response, but it was, it was, uh, it was certainly inspired by one of your friends, bitches of his month, um, young man run by the name of Chris, who in February, and we actually mentioned Chris on our first episode, Six Ball Roulette. That's continuity, folks. You don't get that from everywhere. This is continuity. Um, <laughs> in February, uh, Chris wrote on his own website with a weird background and oddly colored font. Um, he wrote in a section <laughs> called Punks about what punk was exactly to him. 
And uh, he says a lot of things about what is punk. And uh, he eventually gets into a thing of, you know, some examples of, of what punk was to him. Uh, Green Day at the MTV Music Awards. Pretty punk. Flipping off a guy in the crowd and uh, <laughs> dropping the statue and saying thanks and walking off. Pretty cool. Also punk. Blink-182 on SNL. Pretty punk. Dead Milkman. Oh, yeah, he's getting deep punk with the Dead punk. Milkman. Um, their entire career was pure punk. Uh, Chris, Jeff, and Sean at the Big Spring Jam wasn't so much punk, but it was really fun. But some people would probably consider that punk. Just going to the Big Spring Jam. I have no idea. Look, I am not here to defend this. By any means. I am not here to defend um, who has become, who moved to New York City without a penny to his name and is now a successful video game developer. But he wanted to know if Punk was dead. And he thought it might have happened when The Clash went to a major label, when Operation Ivy quit, and some other times. Uh, Chris doesn't think. Chris Nobody doesn't think that Punk is dead. Chris was by far the best writer in uh, our Is school, it crippled? But... Yeah, yeah. It's not dead, though. And as long as uh, people are doing honest music for themselves, for Chris, the basic idea of Punk is, screw what you think, this is for me. Yeah, that harkens back to something Sean claims to do with his work. I believe it harkens one for forward. the fans. And writes one for himself. One for me, one for oh, yeah. you. Exactly. But punk music is the opposite. It's only for me. Yeah. Only for me, never for the fans. If you like it, side on, man. That's fine. That's fine. If you don't, hit the bricks. But in Sean's hit summation rock. of Chris's, uh, Chris's work, his summation of punk came down to this. Fuck you. This is for me. Letting us know that Sean Majors is edgy as shit. Yeah, he turned it from screw you to fuck you. Again, it would have been suspended if I was in high. If if this was too (sighs) Krill, what are your thoughts on this whole? uh, Without giving your final judgment clearly, what are your preliminary thoughts on all this business? Well, I, I I did just want to ask Sean. Like, what does he think music is? Not so much punk music, but music. What is music to you? <laughs> that really needs to be clipped on to, again, the first episode when Hankin says, hey, at this point, have you ever read a poem? What do I think music is? Uh, you know, na- back then, um, I, I, I would have probably said that music has to absolutely carry a message. It has to okay. invoke some sort of emotion above. Let's go out and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was, you know, we were talking about Kyle Mooney on SNL before we <laughs> recorded. And uh, I probably would have given you the same answer that Kyle Mooney's Chris character, who always wants to get into a fight and run for class president and, you know, blah, blah, blah on SNL. You are very uh, much like that, I would have given you the same dude. answer he would have, you know. Uh, and I think based on this, you do you know, think that white uh, people just make the so best music. Were you a- <laughs> so is any sort of monetary like association with music is that sort of what peeved you off is the more popular it is that means it caters to towards chasing the dollar as opposed to being art is that sort of 
what um, punk rock is. It's more art than money. They're doing it for the the, I think, the joy of doing it. I think, and again, speaking from you know the uh, two thousand year two thousand Sean's uh, microphone. Yes, yes. I I, okay. I I think that was probably part of it. Um, I think a larger part was the feeling that you know I still feel I today, and I'm sure Hankins will agree <laughs> with me that if you likes if you like something and you are part of a very small community that likes something and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and everybody likes it then you're like god damn it i don't i, I don't i don't like this that much anymore um whether it was with i i i can't i can't find a, a good uh example back then but no, i remember Jesus really Christ. liking oar in college <laughs> okay. um and I remember, you know, they had two albums. They probably had like nine songs on them each. Um, they reused songs. We, I, I probably saw OAR, you know, five or six times in a two-year period. And they were a large touring band, but they never hit like top 40 radio. The second they hit top 40 radio and started, you know, tripling the price of their tickets and, you know, everybody in the world liked them. They became, you know, basically, you know, what I look down on as a Dave Matthews band fan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, when those, that group started falling in love with OAR, um, I just stopped listening to OAR. It wasn't as fun for me. Um, I, you know, if, uh, I think John Mayer and daughters for me too, I as we've already learned. And then he, <laughs> and, daughters. And, and daughters and daughters. Um, he, and you know, he blew up. I, I think the last song that I liked to John Mayer was uh, Waiting on the World to Change, which is, you know, 2007. That's, you know, probably six <laughs> years after his expiration date. Um, the same thing, the, the same thing with, um, ah, damn it, there was another band. But yeah, so like, I, I, I think it's, that's kind of the thing. You know, if uh, once everybody kind of likes it, including... You know, if the entire galaxy likes a, a, a band that you felt a very personal connection with them that you thought you were legitimately on the ground floor for, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden everybody in the world loves them, and that group includes people that you hate and you would never find yourself right. associating with, that kind of sours the experience on the on the artist for you. So does is, has your taste in music changed or your attitudes toward has it changed? If, you know, the people... If it becomes too big, are are you still out, or no? I just you consider yourself anymore. more appreciative of it. Okay. Um, I mean, I I think that Maroon Five was the other uh, example I was going to give. I loved Maroon 5's first record. Fucking loved it. Wore that bitch out. Um, it got kind of annoying when they got big. That's probably the most recent example. But no, I mean, I I like the Talking Heads. I like Bob Dylan. I like Tom Petty. I don't okay. really, okay. I, I don't, I don't really care about anything. <laughs> I'll listen to it if I like it. If I don't, I don't. And that includes many Taylor Swift singles. Yeesh. Well, there is something to this particular age bracket that you are in at the time of writing this, where the worst age. Bracket. Yeah, it is the worst. The, the for the worst person on the planet is a boy in this age range. He's just awful. The worst. And, the worst person on the planet is a is a white sixteen year old in two thousand. Terrifying. They're also terrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, you do you do put on the armor of whatever thing you like, 
and every you cast it becomes a gang you are in a gang for whatever band you're into and anybody who is in a in a that is for a band that is opposite of that is in a different gang and yeah yeah so i get it i get all that i'm not but what i don't get is this line um when when clearly edgy from just a paragraph earlier, fuck you, this is for me, Sean Majors. And putting that on its own. Page. Yes, hits us with, I knew it was Eminem, so I was prepared for the freedom of speech to be stretched to its limit. <laughs> why, why would that even be something that you made note of? That, boy, this guy curses a lot. I think because it was probably new and Fresh to have someone sort of go off the hinges like that. Yeah. To leave no stone unturned. That was punk. That was total punk. Was this like the first rapper you were into, maybe? Is that possible? Probably. Wow, that's weird. That's super weird. I mean, weird. first first like legitimate rapper, I liked I liked Will Smith's men in black rap. <sighs> okay. Alright, we're getting somewhere. We're getting some breakthroughs here. Um I guess if you weren't reared on rap music, then yeah, that would be Eminem would come across as a little shocking to you. I I, I, for, I forget the timeline, but the Beastie Boys probably came before Eminem. Yeah, but they weren't nearly as shocking as as he was. Um, they were a tame version no. of what his final form. What were your thoughts on Kid Rock at this time? Um, I I definitely own Devil Without a Cause. Uh, I, I don't know the time. I, I remember when Ba Wada Ba came out. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I really, really got into it. <laughs> Bought the album. Loved the entire CD. Um, I remember HBO used to have the show called Reverb that had um, fully produced live performances from bands. And Kid, they did an episode on Kid Rock. And uh, he has the song Wasting Time off of Devil Without a Cause. And Devil Without a Cause is yeah, the name of that Yeah, you got it. And uh, I remember, like, really, really liking that song. It was a great performance. I was way into Kid Rock, his first record. And then, like, you know, he did that Undertaker, American Badass stuff. And then, it seemed like you, were, you should have been well prepared for Eminem then. Because those, those two happened pretty much simultaneously. Um, yeah. And he um, said he, he stretched yeah. freedom of speech pretty far to its limit. And by the way, guys... One, if, if I would change one thing, and, you know, I wouldn't change anything out of this, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say for the record, free speech. <laughs> Except it does if you yell fire in a crowded... Yeah, but what about... Well, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Well, um, I yes. do want to ask you, Sean, like, why, back in the day, why didn't you study more for this chemistry <laughs> exam? <laughs> Do you think that would have served you better than to think about what <laughs> punk rock music is or was? To have studied a little bit harder back th- back in those days? Can you regret hard. that? Mr. Elegante was a great teacher, and I wish I respected his, uh, his mm. uh, class a little bit more to study for that mm-hmm. chem exam. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, if I knew what freezing point depression was, uh, I might be uh, in a better financial <laughs> position than I am now. I, I, I might... Not be looking at a burnt-out building in Montgomery, Alabama, outside my window. Um, You know, but hey, I enjoy what I do for life, love, and living. And I think writing this was part of uh, my self-taught 
Occupation. Rockupation. Uh, my okay. self-taught path for life. Rockupation. And, you know, um, the kind of person I am, if I studied more for that chemistry test and then I majored in Sean a majored. discipline related to that in college, and if I Sean majored in a, in a discipline <laughs> like that uh, uh, in college, and if I was a chemist or a microbiologist in, uh, you know, uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, um, Spindianapolis, uh, am I right? Atlanta, Georgia. I, I would have probably found something to be unhappy about. So, you know what? You gotta, you gotta live with no regrets. You gotta learn where you gotta love where, where you are right now. And you gotta never stop learning. I think that's punk rock. That is the definition Fuck of you. punk rock. This is what I'm currently Thank doing you. at the moment. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we've done a pretty good job of, oh, of sort of analyzing the the uh, yeah the subject matter here. Now I want to address the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the tone of this mm. writing. Um, I love yeah, Sean Major. Is is he harsh. is one of my closest friends. Oh, thank you. And uh, oh, there are there's not there's not forty <laughs> people say- on the planet that I like more than Sean. No, but like I <laughs> have wanted to punch you on a few occasions, but the tone sure, sure, sure. that Even you take this podcast. in this writing may be your most punchable offense. Oh yeah, oh it is really? just the tone is so. Bad. When you read this, how do you feel about the tone? Even worse than uh, turn, turn down. I'm, your music? I, turn down your music is awful, but a part of me gets it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. and it's so and, cliche. And we talked about that. That, that, like, you know, that relationship like it's between fathers and sons, especially um, when it's when it's a working father, and you don't have a lot to really be mad at. You don't have a bad dad, but you just don't kind of have the dad that you think you want. That's a that's a tough road to hoe, and most of us go through that at some point. So I'm willing to just to write some of that off as trying to deal with emotions that you don't exactly know how to deal with. But this thing on the well, how do you feel about the tone? You seem like you feel not nearly as embarrassed as you should about the tone of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> I think if if this was five years ago, sure. Um, I mean, I, I I think I've I've demonstrated over the past six months that I was a pretty run of the mill, you know, angry white kid that had little to zero <laughs> redeeming qualities. Um, this is this isn't the worst thing I've ever read. I mean, you know, it's. It's embarrassing for sure that it still lives on the internet, and I wish I probably would have done a uh, um, a, a, a more uh, immersive audit of the website for sending y'all links. Um, but I think I think that you know, I mean, when when you we were originally going to do a yeah. different entry. And then you found this, and when you said it over the phone, my heart kind of dropped because I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I remember buying that CD." I, I like, I, I was at a school. I remember it was a school day, and then I went to Blockbuster, and, like, and you were like, "No, you did not go to Blockbuster." And I was like, "Oh yeah, where, warehouse?" And I was like, "Wait, how do you know that?" And you had it in front of you, and you know mm-hmm. what? Like, 
I'm not looking forward to a lot of things. Uh, so I think I've, I've, I mean, I'm already kind of dead inside and soon to be outside. So I think that I'm just prepared, man. I mean, you know, it's been my, my nerves, my nerves are deadened. They're frozen. They're frayed. Whatever, whatever is unfeeling. Um, so yeah, should I be embarrassed? Absolutely. Am I? Sure. But even with Jules, like he writes his own stuff and, I know. I sound stupid. He does, but he also he does Sean write his own stuff. Keeps it real. He keeps it real. Man. When you when <laughs> when you find out that an artist doesn't write their own song, that's a fucking bummer. And for a seventeen year old, fi- like you know, that's a fact of life that we know about now. But you are focusing on the wrong part of that sentence, two, my friend. Three, four, <laughs> <laughs> you. Now, that's not the part you should be he writes focusing his own on. <laughs> the part is, and what's the, wait, what's the other part? I know I sound stupid. Keeps it real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, to answer your question, I would like to revise and extend my previous remarks. Yes. Well, I am embarrassed. I have a comment about the tone. Uh-oh. This is going to be kind of slam on Hankins, but there was a, a trigger <laughs> warning to this. We know it's his bitch of the month, so the tone is sort of already established in the title of the page. That we know what we're getting into. We're getting into um, some bad blood is going to be festered on and and uh, compounded upon and giving, giving us this glimpse inside the ego of Sean Majors that has to get out there. So I, I think the tone, I wouldn't dig into it too much because you're not know wrong we're into. from that Creel, except for in the first line, he tells us this really isn't a bitch. <laughs> it's not so much of a you're right. bitch of That's the month from June two thousand. I just and found what, another oh like landing page oh website God. that I had, by the way. There's more? Interesting. Let me just run down. Sorry, go ahead. Go, go, go. Go, 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 um, go. So as, as I was absorbing this abuse, um, I was clicking around on, Chris, on Chris's website that inspired this, this bitch of the month. And he had a link to seanmajors.8k.com. Ooh. Which, a treasure trove. Which there's just nothing here. It links back oh. to the Angel Fire. I think I think I had gotten an easier domain just to make a landing page and then use that as a mechanism to link back to the the website that we're talking about today. But this landing page just says <clears throat> so. It says the trick is to keep breathing at at the top. I'm just gonna g chat this uh, this link to you. Um, <laughs> and it. Uh, it, then it has a broken photo link. Uh, then it has a, a a graphic of a Lego man wearing a Zero shirt that Billy Corgan did in the Zero video for Smashing Pumpkins and holding a flag that has the SP logo on it. Then it has a link to Net Essays, tons of free term papers. <laughs> and then you it, cheater. And then it and then it has. A bar that says, not living, just killing time. <laughs> Which I believe the trick is to keep breathing is a garbage song. 
uh, like the band uh, with uh, Shirley Manson and Butch Vig. Look at um, that clip not- art on that fucking Lego, man. <laughs> <laughs> not living, just killing time. I think that was just from like a Radiohead website or something. Then it says email soul assassin AOL.com. Soul assassin. I remember there was a Beastie Boys. There was a Cypress Hill remix of a Beastie Boys song, and it was called the Soul Assassin Remix. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I'm going to make that my, my email address or AOL Instant Messenger name. Then at the end, at the bottom there, it just has, I was, <laughs> at, at the bottom, I think I was really, I was listening to a lot of Goldfinger at this point. And Goldfinger is a, you know, a nondescript throwaway pop punk uh, band that didn't get the same kind of popularity that Blink-182 did at the time. Um, but they covered 99 Luftballons by Nina. And it just says, 99 dreams I have had and every one a red balloon. It's all over and I'm standing pretty in the dust that was a city. If I could find a souvenir just to prove the world was here. And here it is, a red balloon. I think of you. And let it go. Now, I don't know if I just put that there because I really liked it or if I was trying to post a quick message about deterrence of uh, thermonuclear war. You got to follow your balloon. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, that's – this is hey, – hey, boy. Man, we got we to gotta take down the, the Wayback Machine uh, internet uh, archive. We got to put more into it. Um, you know, reading through the other works of Chris Lamb, he's got some doozies in here for us, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Some thoughts on Christian merchandising, uh, some thoughts on teeny boppers, um, an entry that just talks about how scared of diapers he is, uh, <laughs> and of course, and Valentine's Day, which is coming. The up. loss of Bazooka so. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> like like the the gum. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy from the gum wrapper. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, I'm starting to think that Grissom High School was terrible. That's what I'm starting to think. <laughs> It wasn't great. A lot of people died. As a kid who grew up in a little country school, um, graduated with like 60-something people, I'm starting to be very thankful that that's where I was and not at Grissom yeah. High School because you guys had a lot of free time and a whole lot of opinions that just didn't really add up to a whole lot. Yeah. That's very And true. all thought you yeah. were great writers, that- too. Very they true. loved it. They loved it. Well, Judge Creel, I mean, we've we've come to that portion of the evening Ooh. where you mm, mm, mm. give us your thoughts. Just Creel, whatever you, whatever judgment you give, I just ask one thing. Yeah, let me hear. Be, be like me and be like Eminem. <laughs> Three words. Keep it real. <laughs> mm. So if I'm keeping this real, and I also want to exercise my freedom you stretch that freedom and stretch it to the limits. To the limit. Stretch it to the Take extreme. Take it to just the like limit. limit. Walk upon the razor's edge. Right. <laughs> Keeping this real. Hmm. Well, if I was a true <laughs> punk rock person, <laughs> I wouldn't care what you that's guys true. thought, what that's, I think about true. this. So I will say I like this because... <laughs> Because Sean is critiquing art. He's critiquing music. 
he's letting us know what he thinks it is and to me that is the true form of artwork is expressing yourself and keeping it real you don't care what the haters say Mm -hmm. that is truly what punk rock is Mm -hmm. and sean adopted that punk rock persona through all of his works and on like 99 percent of his screen names were always punk rock you know 27 punk rock my story.com uh, name was punk rock. <laughs> so this was a really good for me because the art he was critiquing was just a reflection of the art he was listening to, which is was a reflection of the art in society, which is a reflection of humanity. Whoa. So Whoa. Sean was looking through a this, lens at a mirror right which was reflected back at himself. And that's what we see today. <laughs> So, so I liked it. It's so true. Judge so Creel is infallible. Um, I just I was scrolling through here and I see something that is probably not ever going to be long enough to really do a whole thing with. So I think I'm just going to spring this on you guys right now, and we're going to do rapid take. What the fuck was going on here? This is also not really a bitch of the month from April of 2000, and it goes. Okay. Okay. I know I've written that essay denouncing all boy bands and everything, and everyone for that matter, associated with them. But there are just some things you can't ignore. Last year, the Backstreet Boys released their album Millennium. This broke the record for the largest debut week (laughs) with 1.13 million units sold. This past week, NSYNC put forth their sophomore, if you don't count the Xmas album, effort, no strings attached. In just seven short days after its release to the American public, almost two and a half million CDs had to be sold, 2.4 to be exact. Now I'm still in extreme disgust of almost all of this genre's offerings, but 2.4 million copies in the first week is unbelievable. You can't ignore the power and influence 12-year-old girls have on the American economy. (laughs) That sounds like a line from retail. That is my flash take on that. That definitely is. But this this is piggybacking off the sort of discussion we had earlier where Sean disliked anything that was popular. So I don't think he really gave NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys any credit. He is! That's my point exactly. I'm giving them credit right there. You are, but it's a slap in the face, though. It's a slap in the face. In fact, I'm giving them so much credit, I don't even round down on the the Backstreet Boys. I say 1.13 million. But you say you're an extreme disgust. Yeah, I hate it. Extreme. I hate it. You know, when... What, what I but like they to weren't say, that bad, though. There, there are a couple good songs. Yeah, man. Digital Get Down on No Strings Attached. Well, that is this weird thing that you have where you, you openly hate these these uh, boy bands. But in this and also the first thing we did... No, I take that back. I, I, I'm about to do a spoiler alert. Um, this and the thing we probably will do next time. You mentioned having Backstreet Boys MP3s on your computer... So you're try what line are you try- what try- line are you trying to walk where we just went from how much you love punk rock and you know you just talked about how when things got big and you know you're not into to these giant selling bands but something about these two boy bands racking up all these sales leaded you led you excuse me to do a not really a bitch of the month where you congratulate their army of 12 year old girls for buying all these CDs. Were you studying to be a a music business person at this point? Because you know all about record sales. He knew those numbers, man. You read one episode of, you read one issue of Entertainment Weekly. 
Um, I, I, I think I think it's what the uh, the experts called um, uh, hedging because you're a complete coward and you actually do care about what people think of you. <laughs> I think you know what, folks. We just had a major breakthrough. <laughs> Um. Yeah, uh, I mean that's all it is. Let we'll do the Backstreet Boys one next week. We got to get into the Dorvels though. This this website is going to we this website is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. I I, I don't want to fall into a retail trap where we punish people with a month and a half of <laughs> shitty. I think shit. you mean punish yourself is what you're saying yeah, because the rest of us are having a hoot like, and a half. I got I got a weak heart. Um, <laughs> my, my, my heart's working harder than it should, which is really, <laughs> you know, I was, I was listening to a, to a, um, a, a recent episode of cold dog soup and Creel said he was going to do something at my funeral and I forget what it was, but I remember play not play daughters. Wanting, I'm sure play, play daughters. Uh, please, please don't do that at my funeral. You you better die before me then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better not die before me. Excuse that me. That is on the agenda. <laughs> oh man. The explicit man. version of it. Boy oh boy. Well, uh, you know this this bitch of the month. Um, this and this bitch of the month is one section of a larger website, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine entries. Really ten. We've tackled. Three, including the uh, the Backstreet Boys one that we just did. Um, there's another very short one on Trippin. So let let's do that Backstreet Boys one, and then um, let's do the the Trippin next week too. Fine with me. Fine with me. Who knows how much longer we're gonna have you? Period. Um, Sean Majors <laughs> with a bad liver and a broken heart. Um, and if you... I haven't drank this month, I haven't had one oh. drop this entire month. Well, that's three days, but God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sean, tell the people the stuff they need to know if they should want to uh, interrupt this flow of badgering you and be badgered a little bit themselves. We do have a backlog, but we always want more. Uh, You can email your terrible poetry prose or otherwise to throwtheflagnetwork at gmail.com. You can visit us at ttfnetwork.com you can connect with us on twitter at ttfnetwork um uh, you can listen to our other podcasts that's discussing and throw the flag football um if you would like to support us in a more personal way than just listening to us which we very much appreciate you can visit patreon.com slash ttf that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash ttf And I believe that's it. Well, Sean Majors has certainly inspired me to go out on a limb. And I'm going to say right now in front of everybody, and I don't care what you think about it. I think this this Bruno Mars kid might have a future. And I hope (laughs) your future includes joining us next week for Cold Dog Soup. Ain't no money in poetry. That's what sets a boy free. I've had all the freedom I can stand. Got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold
off suit and rainbow pie.